Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Our guest on today's show is making his second appearance on the show, making him part of the exclusive PR360 Two-Timers Club. It's John Steven Stansel. He's an award-winning social media professional with over a decade of experience managing, building, and creating content for brand social media accounts. He's run accounts for Amazon's Invincible Animated Series, Hyper RPG, Better Place Forest, the University of Central Arkansas, as well as consulting for many television series, films, and small businesses. He's also currently the director of social media at Chaotic Good Studios. John Stephen, is there anything we missed? I think you covered it. Um, Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. (laughs) Great, great. So, you know, I was going through your Twitter feed and I noticed that uh, I I think you have a great presence there. Obviously, you're a social media manager, so you know a little bit uh, your way around there. But I found that you had a lot of great, uh, for lack of a better word, takes on social media. So I wanted to go through some of those today and... um, So there's one thing that really stood out to me. I have a background in writing trending content. And so you said it's best to make content that is, quote, useful and not viral. I think some people jump out to make something viral, but um, it's, it's, it's ultimately useless. So it won't be what you want it to be, right? Exactly. Um, well, it comes down to the fact, you know, people come to, to me all the time and say like, oh, I want to make I want to make this go viral. Can you make me a viral video? Can you make a post that goes viral? It's like, well, we don't really get to choose what goes viral. (laughs) You know, uh, you know, personally, I've had things that I've worked and put so much time and effort into that just falls flat. Mm. And then things that I came up with in five minutes, you know, got it approved, tweeted it out and just takes off in ways I, I never would have imagined. So we as marketers don't get to choose what goes viral, but we can make things useful to our audience. And then that leads to virality. And when I say useful, I don't mean every post needs to be like a how-to or like your operating hours or whatnot, but think about the needs of your audience. And that could be like, you know, you know, what, you know, specials are at your restaurant that weekend or, uh, or, or even how to thing, but, but the needs of your audience could be a funny meme or something humorous about your niche, uh, that they, they find relatable that, that, that has its own use to it. And then by meeting the needs and meeting your audience where they are, that's where you hit virality. And also, you know, knowing what, Virality is for you too, right? You know, mm. if you're a local coffee shop, having a, a viral video that goes nationally viral is not going to bring any more customers to your store right. for the most part, right. you know? Um, you know, so you're wanting to reach a, a local audience. So, so no, knowing that I think it's really important and, and, and meeting the needs of, of that audience is what leads to virality and also understanding like your customers are, are in your audience. They don't share your content because they want to help your brand. Right. They're sharing your content because it says something about themselves. Right. Uh, they're saying, I'm the type of person who, 
right, I shop at this store or I care about this issue or I'm the kind of person who finds this sort of thing funny. Um, so if you help your audience tell their story, they'll help you tell yours. I, th- I think what you're getting at is there has to be a benefit to the audience for the content that you make, right? Uh, exactly. It was reminding me, I was recently on the show, a, a guy I know named Adam Albright Hanna, who worked for The Onion and was one of the first people to start really making things go viral on Facebook. And people come to him all the time and they go, can you make this thing go viral? He goes, no. He goes, make something good. Make something people want to read. And guess what? It'll go viral. Like lots of viral content shops are great. Not because it's viral, because they make good content and hire good people, you know? Um, Exactly. So uh, I saw that you had a lot of stuff on your Twitter feed about using memes and the appropriate way to use them. Can you explain your meme philosophy for the audience? Oh, uh, memes are a delicate art. Uh, they, they're they're deceptively simple, but they're actually very difficult to do well. Uh, and I think brands really need to think about about it before they use it or jumping on a new trend. It, does this fit our voice? Does this work for us? I think a lot of times these new trends come along and our, our new meme format that's that's really really hot, and everybody kind of is having their own take on it. Um, brands kind of do something more out of FOMO than making it actually work. They, they try and force it. It's almost like, like trying to fit, fit a round peg or square peg into a round hole. You know, there's like, oh, how can we twist this and make it fit our brand? And if you have to twist it too much, don't do it, right? You have to have the insight and knowledge to go, okay, this, this trend, this meme, this fits our brand. It really needs to be so good, you can't, you can't not post it, Right? If it's not like an absolute heck yeah, it's a no. Yeah, because it would seem funny to me if, you know, some maybe luxury brand is using the, you know, the popular meme format of the guy looking at the other girl thing, right? Just because they want to jump on that or like, you know, Bernie Sanders' mittens or whatever. But it does, it's not an alignment with the brand nor nor the audience because there's kind of a symbiotic relationship between the brand and the audience right so exactly i i think the bernie sanders meme is, is a perfect example of you know so there's there's the one like him in the mittens and he's kind of sitting and looking grumpy yeah and i was working in higher ed at the time and a lot of universities were doing that and they were basically just like there wasn't anything to it. It was like, here's just Bernie photoshopped onto our campus. There's no joke there, really. <laughs> right. Like, and, and then on top of that, like, think about about the brand. Like, yes, it is a meme, but Bernie Sanders is also a political figure. And if you're a public university, do you really want to, you know, be using political memes on your account? Right. Probably not. Right. Um, so there's all of these other factors that brands have to kind of think about. Uh, when using memes and it's a lot more than just oh hey all these other brands are doing it or this meme is trending wouldn't be funny if we did it Um, you really really have to think about it and make it work right uh, in order for it to be successful and not also not backfire right (laughs) so um, yeah I I think brands need to be and I'm this is coming from me who is like I do memes a lot, uh, especially with like Invincible, an account like that, that the tone is fun and can kind of play with it. Um, but I am very cautious on, on, on using it with 
every brand. Like there's so much debate that goes into it every time we do it. And then at a certain point, there's so much debate that goes into it. You might kill the original idea or the, the intent of the meme. Uh, you're talking about backfire and things potentially not going the way you want. Uh, you, you were also talking about how it's important to look through posts through the eyes of a 15-year-old. And I found that was interesting because, uh, yeah, please un- unpack that for me. I thought that was a great lens. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the one of the most important things a social media manager can do is look at almost every post you make and ask yourself, how would a 15-year-old make fun of this? <laughs> Because there's so much that we don't think about. Uh, And I I kind of built this philosophy while working in higher ed. And our our target audience were, you know, one part segment of it were, you know, high school students who were looking for a university. Um, And making sure that everything that we posted, you know, one, we didn't do anything, as the kids say now, cringe. Uh, you know, we didn't try and use urban dictionary and use the latest slang and misuse it and that sort of thing. Uh, but also we addressed them in a way that, that, that felt natural. Um, we didn't accidentally misuse a meme in a way that, uh, you know, a, uh, a high school student could spot, they can, they had their, their BS meter is so high. Right? Oh yeah. Oh, you don't really know that, or you're not really using that, that properly. I think one of the, the you know, some of the, the big one, one example, I, you know, just looking for it, we had a, uh, a groundbreaking ceremony at our university and groundbreaking ceremonies, I think honestly are kind of ridiculous. No one really cares, but uh, the, the ground had already been broken and cement had been laid down. So they, they brought out a tarp, full of dirt and had all the executives there and we posted the photo and one of the, the comments was, it looks like they're rolling a giant joint. And if you see the photo, it, you can't unsee it. It looks like a bunch of suit and tie executives. It looks like a Cheech and Chong album cover. <laughs> like they're rolling a giant right. joint. And I was like, okay, you really have to look at things carefully and spot that. Because one, the kid was not wrong. That's exactly what it looked like. Oh my, that's great. And then did it just get ratioed? Like, I, No, yeah, I mean, people kind of jumped in and like, yeah, it does look like this, you know, and kind of had a good time with it. It could have, you know, backfired or, or been been something worse. I've, I've seen other uh, brands make similar mistakes, but um, not quite as PG. So, yeah, you've got to look at those things very carefully. Well, you're talking about the 15-year-old lens, and it's just like speaking in meme talk. You don't want to be the Steve Buscemi with the skateboard meme. Hey, you know, how's it going, fellow 15-year-olds? You know, one thing in common when I've talked to social media managers is that there's often a disconnect between themselves and the higher-ups at the company, uh, A, because maybe the higher-ups at the company are just not in, as in tuned with social media and everything because their focus has been on other things, so they don't get it. B, they kind of don't get the turnaround time and the real-time nature of being a social media manager because a social media manager is kind of a 24-7 job and you kind of need to keep on top of things. Uh, could you unpack that a bit and tell the, high, the quote, higher-ups listening to this how they can uh, be better stewards of their social media campaigns? Oh, well, well first, if any higher-ups are, are listening to this, you don't know as much about social media management as you think you do. And that's okay. That's not your job, right? You have hired a social media manager 
and they know what to do. Hire them and listen to them and and, and let them tell you what to do on, on social. Uh, and and so being a social media manager is a very high pressure job for many, many reasons. But one is that it's one of the few jobs where everyone from the intern in the mailroom to the CEO sees your work and has an opinion of it, you know, um, and thinks they can do it because everyone has social accounts. They think, well, I'm on Facebook. I could write stuff, uh, you know, do that. Oh, you know, I'm great at taking photos and putting them on Instagram. Uh, and that's so far removed from the actual job of a social media manager. It's like owning a car doesn't make you a mechanic, <laughs> right? Right. We, we all we all drive and, and, you know, we can get in our car, get us to point A, point B, put gas in it. Maybe if we're a little savvy, we can change our own oil. But that's about the, the most of it. If there's like a serious problem, we have to take it to a mechanic. And that's what a social media manager role is. They know the inner workings of what makes social media move. And it's important for those executives to listen to that. Because uh, day in, day out, they have their finger on the pulse of what's happening, what conversation is happening around your brand and in your industry. Um, they are they are plugged in. They are your canary in a coal mine who's going to tell you if there is a, a looming crisis, right? Uh, so it's very important that you meet with them regularly and ask them what's working, what's not working. Um, and especially, I, I think it's important. I, I think CEOs should have regular meetings with social media manager or social media team, regardless of how far down the, the org chart they are. Uh, because what ends up happening is you end up playing this game of telephone, you know, and the CEO hears, you know, it's been filtered through four or five, you know, up the, the, the corporate ladder. Uh, and they're not really getting that whole story. I, I think your social media manager should be in your inner circle. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Cause it's like, you are the public face of the company in, in many ways and can very quickly be the public face of the company to people that you had no idea you were speaking to. Um, you know, things can get out of hand. Things can be like wildfire and, yeah, I I would I would assume that unfortunately, now you tell me if I'm wrong, if sometimes there's a certain feeling because everybody has a Facebook account, everybody has an Instagram account that sometimes people in social media are kind of maligned. It's like, "Oh, what do you do? You just post on Facebook all day." Like, "What?" But it's like completely not that, you know. Oh, exactly. I mean, there's so much work that that you don't see the posts are like the least of the work really um that 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 that's the the you know tip of the iceberg you don't see all of the the social listening and the research uh the you know responding to comments um it, that 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 goes in, into building it understand debate about what to post and what not to post i've often said like one of the the most important things a social media manager can do it's it's kind of Make the, the 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 metaphor of jazz, where they say yeah. like, I mean, jazz music is about the notes they're not playing. Right. Sometimes it's about the posts we're not making. Yeah. You know, uh, we said, oh no, we're not going to post that because that's going to get us in trouble. Or you know, we're debating whether or not we should post. Jump on a trend. You know, it's the perfect example. Hey, there's a trending meme. Should we use it? Um, there will be times where it's hours of talking back and forth. How can we make this work? Can we, can we not? And the end result is not posting at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of hard to, to quantify that negative, but there is value in that of having someone who knows like, hey, 
not posting that is going to be more valuable to you. Right. <laughs> uh, Silence is so a those note. Those sort of things. Right. Exactly. So there's so much that, that a social media manager does that doesn't get seen, uh, but that does not mean it does not have immense value. Uh, getting back a little bit, you were talking about how, you know, as a social media manager, you're like the canary in the coal mine, how, you know, you are kind of doing your best to have your pulse on what's happening on social media. And, you know, nowadays we're starting to get all these reports about the dangers of social media, especially biochemically in people, you know, the, the dopamine hit, the dopamine come down, the adrenaline rush, the... You know the the psychological effects of social media, and if you're someone who's basically your job is you have to be attuned to this constantly. Um, how do you take care of your mental health in those situations? It is not a healthy profession right. <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, um, you you are plugged in, and it's very hard to turn off. I mean, if you think just like it, as an average user, think about like the dopamine rush, the good feeling you get when you know, somebody likes your Instagram post, right? Or the terrible feeling you get when you post and nobody responds. Multiply that by about 500 and you understand what mm. it's like to be a social media manager. Right. Uh, and, and 500 is low. Like, but like, so the, the, it's just a roller coaster. And then on top of that, you can't really separate. You've got to be on social media all the time. Whether or not you're on the brand accounts, you still see what's going on in the outside world of social media day in, day out. The news pops up, um, you know, whatever whatever the conversation on Twitter is that day that just riles every, you up and gets you angry. You, you're, you're exposed to that all the time. You can't just take a break and turn it off. There's also value that you need to know that, right? You don't want to be posting memes on the same day of like a school shooting. Right. So you're, you've got to be plugged into the news and that can be that's very emotionally damaging. So I say, you know, you wouldn't send a construction worker to a construction site without a hard hat and mental health protection is PPE, personal protective equipment for social media managers. So one, having, having a therapist and, and, and meeting with them regularly, I think is really important to taking regular breaks and, and having time off your social media manager need and, and like real time off, not like, Oh, I'm not coming into the office today, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on the accounts. Like you can unplug. You're not expected. There is an understudy, somebody mm. who can handle social while you're gone. Uh, yeah. and those need to be regular, um, and, and frequent, um, because otherwise it's gonna, you're gonna burn out so quickly. Right. Um, it, it, it takes a big toll on social media managers. And I think a lot of people think it, like you said, like, oh, it's just posting to Facebook all day. Um, no. you go from crisis communications, uh, you have people who are angry about at you, you know, what, one thing I, I, that I think is interesting for, for, for brand social media managers, you try to separate yourself from the brand you work for, right? Yeah. I'm not, yes, I am posting from the, you know, whatever brand account, but I, that's not me. But brands tend to talk in, you know, first person plural, right? We are doing this today. We are doing that. But the results come in the direct second person, you, oh, yeah. right? So if you say something, oh, you know, we are sorry, but we have to cancel this event today. 
you need to do better. You suck at this. You, you know, so that's coming directly to you. And while you know they're talking to the brand and not you, still, as a human being, it's very hard to make that mental adjustment, that shift. Because one, it's very personal to you because one, you care about the brand, you care about the content that you're putting out, but it's also coming in devices that are very personal to us. It's coming to us on our own phone. We're getting alerts. Many of us, like myself, work from home. So I'm reading the hate while I'm in my house. Oh, yeah. Um, So it's really, especially during times of crisis communication, your social media, check on your social media manager. Make sure they're stepping away and taking breaks uh, because it it can be really, really rough. Wow. Uh, I was just thinking that normally, you know, when I'm not hosting PR 360, I do a lot of trending content writing for a company called Upworthy. And um, the thing is, every morning I get up and I have to find out, you know, what are the topics? What's everybody talking about? What's going on in online publishing today? So I scroll through every headline going on, you know, in the world, or at least something that's going to be talked about on Facebook. And man, it is really daunting every day to go through that and see, you know, you see every murder that's written about or every political debate or every, you know, kind of horror story. You end up seeing those. You see the good stuff, too, but obviously the the news has a really heavy negative bias. And just some mornings, it's like, okay, how do I dis- disassociate from this? Or how do I build up in my brain that I'm just seeing, you know the highlight film of the world right now, or low light film, and how to distance myself from it. And you have to figure out that balance or else you'll kind of go, you'll go crazy. You know, <laughs> it's the world we live in these days. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it's, we can talk about, you know, just the, the state of the world today, but the average person who's not a social media manager can just like, okay, I, I, I've been, I'm consuming too much news. I need to turn it off for a little while and step away. That's not an option for social media managers. Right. So, uh, I, I mean, it is an option when you take vacation time. <laughs> I think it's important to have mental health days and, 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 and use those to step away. So, but I also think some of that falls into those higher ups need to know that and also step in and go, Hey, why don't you take a break? I'm so grateful. My boss, like if, if I don't take a, a day off for a while, she will schedule it in my, my calendar for me. She'll <laughs> wow. be like, I, I put a day off in your calendar. Um, and and I, I think that needs to be done. Well, we're coming up towards the end of this episode of PR360, but I wanted to ask kind of a personal question here uh, just to see if there's an overlap. I know in your, you have a... Obviously, a beautiful, beautiful uh, Telecaster behind you, and you have a background playing in punk bands. And I was wondering, is there any commonality you see between the DIY kind of ethics of punk rock and social media and managing social media accounts in that kind of one-on-one direct communication you're doing? Or are they completely unrelated? No, I, I think that's an excellent... I think there's a, a punk ethos I, I think in my own philosophy uh, of social media management and a few things I think one yes there's that DIY mentality okay we can do this all ourselves like I love the idea of like having an idea in the morning putting it together build building it making a video or our or, or, or graphic or meme or whatever and then shipping it the same day and seeing the results I think it's really you know there, there's something really to that you know I love garage bands like let's just get together and let's just all make it ourselves Aside from that, 
I I think with the, the punk rock ethos is kind of understanding having a a a um, sort of a BS filter of going all right because social media needs to be authentic and punk rock is there's nothing more authentic than punk rock right, right? if you're not authentic in punk they'll throw you off the stage right, right? right. they'll call you a poser and you're you're done and I think for brands that 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 ethos is important it's like hey we're we're going to be honest with ourselves. We can be maybe even be self-deprecating about our brand. We can we can say things that you know uh, that are real and true. And this doesn't mean just being like aggressive, like a punk rock rock you know star or something like that. Uh, this just means like we are not going to obfuscate the point. We're going to just get straight to it. We're going to talk to you like a human being and not a brand. Um, but of course, you know, punk rock and capitalism don't quite always mixed but still <laughs> well, we gotta feed our family so <laughs> well you know you know punkers are the ultimate capitalists in certain ways because they're manufacturing a product they're selling t-shirts they're selling records they're you know they're doing it all by themselves in a certain way that's kind of the essence of the good part of it right um exactly so i'd like to thank john steven stancil for showing up on the show today would love to have you back sometime in the future um had a great conversation and lots of neat tidbits that no one had ever covered on this show before so i thank you for that uh what way should people uh, follow up on what you're doing how can they follow you uh what would you like our listeners to do Oh, um, I'm very active on, on, on Twitter. I'm at JS Stancil. Uh, you can find me. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn these days. Um, I'm same handle everywhere. Just search at, you know, JS Stancil or John Stephen Stancil. You'll, you'll find me. But, um, but those, uh, Twitter and LinkedIn are generally the two best places to, 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 to find me. I try to try to post about social media marketing at least once a day. So, um, sometimes it's, good sometimes it's not but i try try and show up at least every day great well thank you so much and uh we'll talk talk again so thank you so much for having me pr360 was produced by todd perry in partnership with global results communications be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts follow grc on all socials at global results follow todd on twitter at todd a perry that's todd with one d Talk to you next week.